0: It is the author's job to hook you and not your job to be loyal to the author.
1: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. you. Hey
0: guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with Dale Culver, our producer of this show. Dale, how you doing, man? Doing Excellent. What's going on? I had a dream about Noah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Was it good? Prophetic? Yeah, yeah it was good. I don't know if it was prophetic, because I don't remember it. <laughs> so most of my dreams are just pathetic. And so, no, I just remember having
1: a dream about Noah. Oh, anyway, awesome. anyway, so, yeah,
0: kind of funny. He's a good boy. <laughs> His, his life
1: will be different because you're He's been doing really good. good. Oh, good, good, He missed good. his daddy when I was in Hawaii. Oh, I bet you he did. So. so he wanted me to bring him back a ukulele, and I ordered one on Amazon while I was sitting on the beach. And I said, my friend from Hawaii is going to drop it off. <laughs> yes, the side of his, his vehicle says Amazon on it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's pathetic. Anyway. So. Well, hey, uh, do you have a man law for me today? Yeah. Guys, uh, be a man who seeks truth and not a man who seeks opinions. And I would say, do your own research from reliable sources, such as the Bible, and see what it says, and when you put it against uh, the, what's going on in the world, or people's opinions. Yeah. So there are a lot of opinions, I'm seeing a lot of things these days, and I'm sure you guys all are too. And some people are confused. And it's like, well, if you read the Word of God, it will point you in the direction. And if you have to ask to try to justify things, you're probably wrong. Yeah, and if it's making you anger, angry, like I know for me, I get angry, and it's like <laughs> if I get angry over
0: something, it's probably not, it's probably not truth unless it's anger against sin. Like I'm yeah. angry about sin, I'm angry about depravity, but if I'm angry after I watch the news, or if I'm angry after I, you know, whatever, and I, I got to be really warned, guys, pop psychology and human philosophy are not your friends. No. Biblical truth is. And that's right. why you need to know the word better than anybody in your family, yeah. because you need to lead your family into truth. Christians are about truth. With this pandemic, it's not about you know vaccine, no vaccine, whatever. It's about truth. What is the truth of the virus? What is the truth of what it's doing? And how does the truth and the statistics of the virus compare to other viruses? You know, I, I've been doing a lot of research on the Spanish flu, for example. So what's the truth of the Spanish flu? The truth is it killed about 50 million people estimated and then it burned itself out after two years so herd immunity was built there was no vaccine so so I'm looking at that truth I'm going okay let's look at all these other viruses we've had let's compare them all I'm saying is we want to compare them to truth mm-hmm. we don't want to have some big you know pandemic or conspiracy we we don't want to we don't want to go far off on the other side either which is hey whatever you know uncle Sam says I will do but what is the truth in the matter as a follower of Jesus so that's really good I, I mean it's hard to not dive into it. Like yeah. even mentioning the word pandemic or even mentioning a word, you know, justice,
1: you know, uh, these people freak out. And so, or, and it's just and, one like, of the many things that are going on these days where people are not seeking truth and it's yeah. destroying our, our. And we really try to
0: stay with truth. We've got guys from, you know, we have guys on this podcast, listening to this podcast from all over the world. So why would we want to focus on America's stuff? And we've got guys, a guy in Indonesia who's listening doesn't care. A guy in the Fiji Islands who's listening doesn't care. A guy in the Sudan or in Kenya or in Germany or in or in uh, the Czech Republic don't care about American stuff. They care about, how are you going to help me yeah. with truth? So anyway, yeah. I want to dive into some... So speaking of truth, I want to... This is kind of part two of equipping from last week. Last week, we talked about the importance of being a, a reader, of being a learner as a man, of being a guy who's constantly in a state of growth. So this week what I want to do is, it's it's really easy. I talked to a guy a while back, a dear friend of mine who re- said he reads 50 books a year. And so I I said, oh, what do you read? And he goes, oh, I read novels. You know, And I'm not discounting novels. I read about, in a, in a given period of a year, I'll read 50 books. I would say two are novels maybe, one or two, three. Very, very small amount. But I love novels. They're easy reads. They're fast reads. You can go through a... 350 page book in like five hours because it's just an easy read. So, <laughs> but what I'm talking about is nonfiction books, a book that is gonna help you grow. Now I was sharing last week. I love books about dystopia, you know, about apocalypse. Well, mm-hmm. those are really cool because I can get some hint, you know, I can get helpful hints there, like how do you make an Amish bucket? I learned that last night. Yeah. How do you make an Amish bucket for people who have a well at their house, they need to learn this in case the electricity ever goes down, right? So I, I've just um, put together what I call an EDC case, everyday carry case. So I have this little case; it's a little small little case, and I'm going to throw certain really critical things in that case. And these, I got this from these non these fiction books. But when I'm talking about nonfiction, I want to help guys to read nonfiction, because that can be seen as boring, and it's hard for guys to work through. So I want to read a quote by Bruce Bickle and Stan Jansen. It's a little book they they wrote, and I read it 20 years ago. It's called God and the Small Stuff. Here's what they said. Reading is the gateway for growth books contain information insight and inspiration all of which contribute significantly to your mental and spiritual development without the guidance of books you're guessing at best you're a law you're like a boat at sea without a compass or maps you have the power to get somewhere but you have no direction now this is what's really powerful to me they wrote this the person who does not read good books has no advantage over the person who can't Mm. read good books. So in other words, a person who doesn't read is no different from somebody who can't read. It's the same thing. You're not reading. And so when I read a book, so guys, when I read a book, I I like to go off of Vilfredo Pareto's uh, Pareto Principle. He was an Italian economist. You can Google him. Super simple. But basically what he says is 80% of anything Can be done in 20% of the work. So, in other words, 80% of the content of a book will be found within 20% of it. So, in other words, most books are around 150 to 200 pages. In a 200 page book, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for 40 pages of high impact content, Mm -hmm. 40 pages. When I'm, when I'm reading a book for a podcast guest, you know I've got w- a one week in between episodes. When I'm reading that book, I'm looking for the one thing, that or that, that, that nugget. Like, for example, this book here, we're going to have Doug Pollock on our podcast here in a, in a couple weeks. He wrote a book called God Space. In this book, there are a couple nuggets of truth that blew my mind. And one of them is, and I'm going to start doing this. I told my wife this last night. I said, I need to start sharing my faith more. So what I'm going to start doing is every time I go out for a meal, and I have a waiter or a waitress. I'm going to say to them, hey, I'm a man who prays before my food. And I want to pray for you for this meal. So please tell me something I can pray for you for. And we're going to pray for you before we eat our meal. So when you see us bowing our head before the meal, know I'm praying for you. So now I get their name. I get a prayer request. It's a great way to share my faith. Found that in this book. So these are the things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for these 40 pages of impact, these, this 20%. So I'll tell you this, guys. Here's what I will tell you. I used to not do this. I used to think books were holy and sacred, and once I had a book, I kept it forever. But I'm going to tell you guys, I am a purger. <laughs> I throw books away like you cannot believe. If it is not a book that I'm going to refer to or pass out to my buddies or, or quote often, I throw it in the trash. And so I'm looking at a bunch of books right now several thousand books in my library, and and well, I'm guessing, I don't know. And I've got to purge a bunch because I don't have any more space in my library. So I've got to go into my library, go back 30 years, and start purging some more books. So here's what, I, here's what I do to read a nonfiction book, guys. Here's six things I do that I think will help you. The first one is this. I review the contents of the book for the content. So I want to look in that book and go, okay, is there Something in this book that will hook me? Is there something in this book that I, that I need to have? So number two is, again, I shared this already, do not read a book with guilt or remorse. It is the author's job to hook you and not your job to be loyal to the author. Hmm. So when you, I I used for years, I'd be like, years, for for 25 years, my wife, I'd be saying, I hate this book. My wife would say, why don't you throw it away? I'm like, I can't. I got to finish it. I'm a finisher. I got to finish. And I don't do that anymore. Hmm. What I do is once I realize a book is not going to be a book that connects to me, I skim through it real fast. Like I'm flipping pages like you can't believe it. And I just throw it in the trash. Hmm. I just, it's not my job to produce the content unless I'm the guy writing the book. It's my job to receive the content. And if an author is not connected with me, the book is gone. So the third thing I want to share this, and this is really important, guys, start the book slow and finish the book fast. Here's what I've learned. Most authors are going to throw their best material at you in the first couple chapters. So if they do not hook you in the first couple chapters, I'm out. Wild at heart, I opened that book, and he's telling about an elk story, and they're chasing an elk. Man, that book hooked me. The Probably the best nonfiction author out there right now in the circle that I read doing is Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson, in his first two or three chapters of his book, he is a master at hooking guys. I mean, he is a master at bringing you in. And so most books are going to start strong, and they're going to finish weak. Now, I will say this. Strong Men, Dangerous Times, the book that we just wrote, the Amazon number one bestseller, thats it was actually number one on Amazon last week. I believe, and I did this strategically, the best chapter of the book is the last chapter. So if you want to read the best chapter of my book, (laughs) Strong Men, Dangerous Times, start at the end, read the last chapter, then go back. The second best chapter is the first chapter. So guys, in review, start a book slow and finish it fast. Okay? So the fourth thing I do is I am looking desperately for something I do not know. When it comes to the podcast, I'm, I'm looking to have this author scratch my own itch, is what I'm looking for. So when I open a book, I'm basically saying to the author, okay, tell me something I don't know. I bought the book because I don't know, so now it's your job to tell me what I don't know. The fifth thing I do is I look for something I need help with. I Just, just now I, I bent over, I picked up a book out of my briefcase, And it's a book by Brennan Manning called The Ragamuffin Gospel. A friend of mine, Joe Mile, one of my youth staff from way back when, who is now an arena coach, gave me this book almost 20 years ago. And I have realized that I need to pick this book up and read it again. I realize I have lost something spiritually, and I want to regain Mm. it. And what I've lost is found in this book. And so I'm really, really excited to pick this book up this week and read it. And I've already read this book twice but I'm recognizing I need to read this book again. I will read nonfiction books two, three. I've read Wild Heart probably six times. I will read a good book over and over, and then I take notes in the book. So every time I read the book, I can go back and review my notes. So it makes it easier. So here's why the sixth thing I want to tell you is this. Not only do you want to start each book slow and finish fast, you want to start each chapter slow and finish fast, okay? Okay. And the seventh thing I want to tell you is this. This is really important. This may be the most important part of reading a book. Do not read a book with your eyes. What am I going to say? You know me pretty well. What am I going to say? What should you read your book with? If you're not going to read a book with your eyes, what should you read a book with? This Uh, is the how well do you know Ramos? I'm
1: going to be slaughtering it, but I was going to say your heart or your... Yeah. That's good. That's
0: good, Dale. I I appreciate that, but that's not right. No, I I would say read it with your pen and not your eyes. Uh, okay. Every book I read that's nonfiction, and you know this about me already, but every book I read, I read with my pen. I am writing things everywhere in the book, and what I do with a book is I write most of my notes throughout the book, and key things that I think are nuggets, that are takeaways, I write them in the first... When you open the cover, on the inside cover... I've got stuff written in that. This book here, I have stuff written, right? You're looking at it right now. I have stuff written. So I will do this all the time. And And so I read with my pen, not with my eyes. If you read with your eyes, the book is gone, and most people don't have photographic memory, and most people won't commit to memory, and most people will forget. So I read with my pen so I can go back and I can see... What impacted me in the book, and I will in that I will circle things, and I'll write notes, and I'll go back and refer. At the end of the book, I'll go back and refer to that section or those things that inspired me, or those to-do list items. And I really judge a book by how much how good a book is. I judge it by how much I write on that inside cover. And so, guys, every book I write, uh, nonfiction, I date it. So, I know when I wrote it, and if I read it again, I date it again. Uh, And I, like I said earlier, I circle any thoughts or inspirational ideas that I gathered from the book. And then I have an elaborate quote system because I am a speaker and I am an author. So, every book I read, I file quotes, stories, and leadership training or equipping episode topics. I file all those so I can go back and refer them. Yes, I use Google. Yes, I use Brainy Quotes. But if I'm going to take you know five to ten hours to read a book, I'm going to make sure that I have that book filed not only in my memory but on my with my pen and in my computer, and that's what I do. And so, if you want to know more about how I file and use my filing system, I'd be more than willing to uh, send you uh, that that process. And I think I'm going to stop there today, Dale, because I think that's enough for guys to get started. Read with your pen. Start the book slow. Finish fast. Don't be afraid to throw the book away. And, guys, it's the author's job to hook you, not your job to be loyal to the author. The fact that you bought their book, you've already been loyal to them. You've bought their book. But feel free to throw that book away. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, uh, Dale, uh, what's next, man? Uh, Drive us home.
1: Yeah, guys, head on over to menintherena.org and order your copy of Jim's newest book, the Amazon bestseller, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. And we'd love for you to leave us a review there on Amazon. And we'd love for you to leave us a review for this podcast. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. Everyone wins.